Welcome to the On Becoming Educated podcast, where I, Paula Voon, will share my experience as a first-generation PhD student. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am recording this on a Sunday, and um, as of today, I've been back in school for two and a half weeks in-person school, and to be honest, I feel like I've been in school for two and a half months already because I'm so exhausted. I feel like because school is in-person, professors are giving us more work. Um, Last weekend, while I was working through my hundreds of pages of readings that I had to do and also the assignments that were um, that needed to be done along with those readings. I just felt such resistance in my body. I mean, I, I, I spent all Sunday, last Sunday reading, and by the end of the day, I was still reading, and I couldn't remember what I had read at the beginning of the day. And not only that, but I was developing some intense... <laughs> intense um, hatred for the reading that I was doing. And so I realized that um, I didn't need to put my body through this. I realized that um, I, in my head, I thought I could do all of this. I thought I could take these intensive classes and manage them through a really, really, really detailed and good agenda. (laughs) But the truth was that my body had a different, um, a different opinion and it just was done by the end of that day. And I couldn't go to sleep until I made the decision to drop a class. And then I slept like a baby. (laughs) And the next morning, I remember just writing to the professor and saying like, Hey, I'm sorry, but I can't. I can't do this. I can't try to force myself to take this class that my body is obviously telling me not to take. And that's something that I've been working on for the past few months is really trying to listen to my body more and aligning my actions with what my body is trying to tell me. So I guess what I'm trying to say is don't take on too much. Don't take on too much. And if you need to drop a class, just drop it because they'll probably offer that class again and you can take it then. And if they don't offer it again, then it just wasn't meant to be. (laughs) It just wasn't meant to be. Your your mental health is really important. So you got to listen to your body, listen to... Um, what it's trying to tell you, and not overstretch yourself. So that's it for updates, and now on to today's show. So I saw a post on Instagram the other day that went something like this. Your classmates are not your friends. This is not high school. This is grad school. Your classmates are your colleagues. They're the ones who are going to compete with you for jobs in the future. So be nice, 
work with them, but you don't need to make friends with them. Whoa. And I mean, whoa. (laughs) That was literally my first reaction. Then I scrolled down and see that this post already had hundreds of likes, and people were agreeing and saying, this is what I needed to hear, and exactly, and took the words right out of my mouth. And all I could think was, I don't really know where this person is coming from, but personally speaking, this would be a sad way to approach grad school. Don't get me wrong, I'm all about taking grad school very seriously. If you don't believe me, just listen to episodes 2, 3, 6, 33, and 34, where I talk about some very important things to consider before even going to grad school, or before even thinking about grad school, including money, your family, your lifestyle, and whether or not you're really ready to go to grad school. But... When I ran across this Instagram post, it just hit me like a train. And I kind of have some thoughts about this um, aggressive, competitive way of going about grad school. So I thought I'd share some of them today. First, we all need friends. And I don't mean it in the humans or social creatures way. I mean, we all need people who empathize with us because... They're going through the same things we're going through. Who, People who like us, not only because they're our classmates, but also because they just like us. Or people who will share a meal and or a drink with us after a long day of learning. Who will listen to us when our professors or our classes aren't as life-changing as we thought they'd be. <laughs> we also need friends who can talk about other things with us, like dating, family politics, or that annoying classmate who talks too much in class, and a bunch of other things. We need people who are going to be there for us beyond the classroom. And I know that we may already have those people in our lives, especially by the time we get to grad school, but sometimes those people aren't reachable because you've decided to go to school far from home. And sometimes they're far away and they have busy lives. And you know what? It doesn't hurt to make new friends in my experience. Second, competition, especially this kind of aggressive competition, is so unhealthy. And a lot of times it's established as a culture in that program or in that school. Competition develops, I think, from a place of scarcity, and I can see why grad school would be the perfect place for this. Most people who are in PhD programs are in them because they want to do research and or teach at universities. And I don't know if you've been reading the higher education headlines lately, but the number of tenure positions are decreasing. Tenure is what most professors strive for. It's basically a permanent teaching position at a university. Based on the headlines that I've been seeing, universities are replacing tenure track positions with adjunct positions. And adjunct professors are part-time professors who teach based on contracts, which means the university can end that contract at any time. 
So you can kind of see why some people would prefer to be a tenure-track professor. Given the state of decreasing tenure-track positions, I can understand why some people would approach grad school with a competitive state of mind. But having, having a competitive state of mind means a few things. It means you're constantly comparing yourself to your peers. I find myself doing that here and there, and I'm definitely not in a competitive state of mind. I'm in a pretty healthy stay-in-your-own-lane kind of state of mind. But once in a while, I'll say something in class that I think makes no sense afterwards. While everyone else seems to be making perfect sense. Or a classmate will get a fellowship that I wanted. Or a position that I also applied for. And I'll be in a slump for at least a few days. Can you imagine being in a slump all the time because you're always comparing yourself to your classmates? You're always thinking you won't get that job in the future because so-and-so got a fellowship you didn't or got a position you didn't or published an article in this journal or presented in that conference or whatever. The comparison can just go on forever and it can get really exhausting. It can also be dangerous because it can mold you into thinking you need to work harder, publish more, attend more conferences and apply to more grants even when you don't need them, just so that you can be more eligible for that job, that that possible job in the future. That's a lot lot of pressure to put on the current you when you don't even know what the future is going to hold. I did a whole episode on how to stop comparing yourself to your peers. If you'd like to listen to it, I'll link it in the show notes. It's episode 17, which you can also find on my website. So after all of what I have just said, I will say that I do want to be a professor. I want to teach. So I am concerned about the headlines that I've been seeing about the decreasing number of tenure track positions out there. I just recently watched The Chair (laughs) starring Sandra Oh on Netflix. And, you know, um, that show made me feel even more concerned about the future (laughs) Uh, um, because I've worked in higher education and I've seen um, that, like I said, I've seen the headlines, I've seen the decreasing job market. So um, I am concerned, but I'm not going to let that mess with my relationship my relationships with current classmates. For one thing, I'm only entering my second year in my PhD program, and getting a teaching position is a number of years into the future. For another thing, who knows what the future holds? I want to teach now, but who knows what I'll actually be doing in the future? I may teach, or I may teach and consult, and run a company. I just... At this point, I just don't really know. I don't know what doors the universe will open in the future, and I'm not going to stress too much about it. Now, I'm not saying I'm just being, I'm not saying that I'm just being hella lackadaisical about my studies and about my future. I am actually quite focused and goal oriented and have a whole like five year plan on a spreadsheet and everything. 
But I also know there are some things I can't control. And I think at this point in my PhD journey, I, I'm not going to stress too much about those things. This is one last thing I'll say about making friends in grad school. You can choose to be friends with your classmates and also have friends outside of grad school. In fact, I recommend having friends outside of grad school as well. That way, you're not always talking about school, which is really just a natural topic of discussion for a bunch of grad students, (laughs) especially if they're grad students from your specific program. I have friends from my last graduate program, both from the program and not, um, that I'm still in contact with today. And I finished that program 10 years ago. So these friendships can definitely last if you choose to build them. They don't have, you don't have to go through grad school with a competitive state of mind. You don't have to look at grad school from a place of scarcity and operate from a, sca- a place of scarcity. Instead, you can look at your experience, your full experience from a place of abundance and trust that things will work out. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or the podcast listening platform of your choice to be notified when new episodes are up. If you would like to support this podcast, a rating and review would go a long way. Podcasts with ratings and reviews are more likely to be found by listeners. So I would very much appreciate it if you can take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast. If you would like to make a donation to help me run this podcast, you can do so at ko-fi.com slash onbecomingeducated. That's ko-fi.com slash onbecomingeducated. Every dollar helps. Follow me on Instagram at bypavu and the podcast at onbecomingeducated. Lastly, to access transcripts and submit listener questions, go to www.onbecomingeducated.com.